your research in the field of strange old cartoons, we became an embarrassment, and you banish us to the On Two's podcast. You buried Adric and Will, as you would with so many of your other failures. So I'm Will. I'm Adric. And this week we watched Gandahar. Man, this was awesome. This This fucking rules. (laughs) It was such a good time. I absolutely loved it. Uh, So as far as uh, the thing itself is concerned, this is the third movie by Rene Leloup, who you might know for having done um, Fantastic Planet. He's got a really cool style. Yeah, I hadn't heard of this one before. Um, well, he's uh, only, he only did three movies, right? Which is which is very strange considering the um, wh- how much of a style he developed and how much of like um, I don't know an, an almost internal logic his his movies have. I wonder I wonder why he stopped so quickly. But well, they are all adapted works. Yeah, good point. Like, so there was Fantastic Planet, which I, I forget what that's adapted from, but he he didn't write the whole shebang. Then there's Time Masters, which is a, a thing by uh, Moebius. And then Gandahar was a French uh, sci-fi thing called uh, Les Hommes Machines contre Gandahar by Ooh. Jean-Pierre Andrevon. Interesting. I, I wonder how he selected slash what the process was like were for picking the um the things that he adapted yeah you gotta wonder because they are like all three of them are trippy sci-fi right shit like fantastic planet if you haven't seen that one that's all about uh the humans who get taken yeah who get taken to drag world and are played around with like pets Mm-hmm. And then Time Masters is about like a little boy who gets stuck on a planet and then it they're trying to help him get out of there uh with the help of like some old guy and it winds up that the old guy is the little kid and the planet got transported 60 years in the past. I'm sorry. I I tried to process any of those words. Yeah, it just it's <laughs> it's weird and it's trippy and it's the same type of thing like uh like Gandahar where a lot of it is just looking at all the stuff that this yeah guy drew is just like setting up setting up any environment that is weird so that this dude could just like noodle and yeah make make all these weird things. So you could just draw like I don't know weird dudes that are just a face with arms and legs love love weird face dudes we'll, we'll get to them but yeah it, it, love it, them. it opens and it really sets up the tone which is this like very exploratory spending time in a place uh and with as much of the environment as possible it opens on yeah. this like village and they're just like vibing out picking well, fruits so you watched the french version yeah uh, because I wound up finding the French version after I had already watched the English version. I didn't realize you watched the entire English version. Oh, I no. did watch the entire <laughs> English version. Um, oh god! So this is going to be interesting. The English version was directed by Harvey Weinstein no and Bob Weinstein. Way. Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah oh also the thing was like oh in God. entirely animated in North Korea, um so <laughs> yeah what but all right unlike a lot of the other things that Harvey we- Harvey Weinstein like famously fucked around with uh uh Nausicaa when My that came exploded. over to when that came over to America and like uh miyazaki sent him a sword when he uh sent him princess mononoke with a a note that said no cuts (laughs) yeah oh definitely as a threat (laughs) 
That's amazing. I, I will behead you. Oh my god. I'm um, like, that's I that yeah, that said, <laughs> he didn't fuck with this one as much. It basically tones down the like one implied sex scene. Yeah. Even more so than it was the like pretty tame. Yeah, it was already just implied. Yeah. Um but it's like, yeah, obviously he couldn't you could not edit out all the tits in this. <laughs> <laughs> like that's impossible. Because it's it's everybody's just just vibing. Which I you know, I can I can appreciate what the what I feel like the it sets for the tone and they're they're not sexualized. And no. and I can appreciate that. Yeah. No, not at all. And and it does kinda like there's a thing to French cinema and like French cartoons and stuff mm-hmm. like that because the movie's it, so French, my God. Yeah, I wonder how, like, just movies in a general sense would have turned out watching stuff like this. And recently, I've been going back and watching like Lumiere Brothers movies and uh, oh, I don't know this Melier and shit like that. Oh, the Lumiere Brothers, they're they did like the train coming towards you and shit like that oh oh, it's just like really really early cinema but then i didn't know their names but yeah that's that's like some of the 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 earliest films yeah as films and a lot of the earliest films were coming out of europe Mm -hmm. but then world war one happened and everything and fricked yeah World War One is basically why we have Hollywood. I have never thought about it that way, but that makes a ton of sense. Like it, it's difficult to really contextualize for us that didn't live in Europe just how much World War One absolutely catapulted the United States to basically be the front of the superpower that, that it is. is. Superpower. Yeah, yeah. Not because of its like. Um, well, partially because it, it was able to to take advantage of the vast manufacturing potential and war debts, basically. But by virtue of just not getting blown the fuck up. Right. And, and not like losing a whole bunch of films, just all of that. Yeah. Um, I do have one small side before we continue. I looked up the um, uh, the Miyazaki thing. It's, it's even better than initially described. Um, oh, yeah the it was it it said no cuts on the blade itself um, oh fucking sick <laughs> and um when suzuki presented harvey with the sword suzuki shouted in english and in a loud voice mononoke hime no cut <laughs> fuck yeah i defeated him miyazaki later said about weinstein smiling <laughs> so that said all right. Basically, the changes were the implied sex scene, and then the other one was that they changed the whole soundtrack, which you you mentioned, but like is very strange to me because this soundtrack is amazing. It's so yeah. good in the well, French they swap- version. They swapped it all to prog rock. <laughs> wow, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, oh, so it's man. it's like a really long yes music video, bro. Oh, it's like no. It's not that bad. I mean, that's fine, but like, it's for context. The French version is as beautiful as you would imagine of of the style. If you've looked at any images of this, you you can picture in your head immediately what you're what you're experiencing was just this beautiful synth, like rolling arpeggios soundtrack that has like yeah. really wonderful subtlety and softness to it, and I just. I, I absolutely love it. And to hear that is so sad. <laughs> oh, and the uh, so the translation was done by Isaac Asimov, which would be one of the reasons that it's what it's fairly good. Um, yeah, they also threw an Isaac Asimov quote at the very beginning of it. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, uh, which isn't in the French version, but it's like it, it wasn't a bad quote yeah. or anything. Because I stopped watching it, like, almost immediately. I was, like, watching it as you messaged me saying that you found the French version. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you you really saved my ass. <laughs> that said, um, because we aren't French and I did not recognize, like, 
any of the French actors, mm-hmm. uh, other films that they were in. We're going to largely go through the English cast, which is yeah, that makes sense. Pretty fairly impressive. So far, I'm I'm really shocked by because like one of the things that stood out to me while I was watching it is that like when you compare this to say a Mononoke animation, when you compare this to um to Nausicaa, for example, the the difference in um in the what what in the perceived budget of the animation is pretty yeah. astonishing in comparison. And I imagine that a lot of that is to do with the authorship here where one person is doing a ton of the drawing for it. But the animation here is is not its strongest suit and that sort of gives you the feeling of that this is a, a low budget um experience. It's not at all. Uh like they they just put their money elsewhere because they um they need it to. They can't get more uh more than this one individual to Right. Well and I don't know. I I wasn't. I liked the animation. I liked all a lot of the shot composition was really good and interesting. Right, because um, it wasn't a it wasn't a lack of talent. Don't give me like that's what I mean. It it was like it was not. It didn't feel like um, it didn't feel bad so much as it felt like there was simply not enough time in the production schedule to possibly mm. draw everything that needed to be drawn. Yeah, that tracks. So uh let's just let's let's start going with the synopsis (laughs) yeah uh so yeah like you said we start on just a scene of uh people hanging out in gandahar uh just doing their daily stuff picking fruit we say people Uh, these are like um very humanoid in their in their appearance with um elongated heads and are uh blue in tone um blue skin and have big smurf uh, a couple a couple other like minor differences but are primarily just you know human replacements yeah uh one of them starts breastfeeding a little monster that almost uh, immediately yeah like you're like 30 seconds into this movie and they pick up like a slug armadillo thing and it's like all right here you go (laughs) that drops from a plant too yeah so if that doesn't set the tone of the weirdness and actually i was a little bit disappointed with the level of weirdness after that one because that really that kicked it off pretty hardcore and then yeah it chilled way yeah. out uh there's a couple other little little beasties here there's one thing that looks almost like um like a sea cucumber that's just like lapping up some um the little where they look like the, yeah they looked like sea cucumbers with like a rug over the top of them yeah yeah i I have well you can talk about this later but my pet theory is that that turns into metamorphosis Mm. anyway um they're they're just like messing around they're they're picking some fruit out of these like um large rock-like tree things um there's some quite normal looking birds oh the the dude is like um uh, there's a there's a dude that's like a shepherd and he has this like armadillo robot looking dog thing that I absolutely love. Yeah, um, but it's not a robot. But it's not a robot. To be clear, no, it's definitely not a robot because we'll get there. Um, yeah. So anyway, then all the robots show up. <laughs> Just they start, start blapping people. <laughs> yeah. So they don't they don't show up on screen immediately. They sort of they sort of hold back a little bit on the presentation, but they um, yeah. You just see a beam come from the side of the screen, and it turns one of the people into stone. Yeah, it just starts petrifying them. It, it looks really cool. Because, very very sweet. Yeah, he has this he has this style that he does for backgrounds and like some of the other stuff that is very reminiscent of the. Uh, monty python cartoons mm-hmm. um yeah that, so like, they, very they kind of swap in. yeah so they swap them over to that yeah and, and which it, i like, thought looked really cool in. it looks so cool like they could have just like desaturated the um the people and called it good as they were getting stoned uh not stoned um turned to stone but uh yeah that that extra effect it looks absolutely beautiful very haunting yeah so then it shoots a bird and then we go into the the giant lady head 
Yeah. Uh, Where? That's like part of the mountain. And that's that's called Jasper, right? Am I remembering this correctly? Jasper, I think, is the city. Yeah. That, like, is around the mountain. Ah, I thought it was the mountain and the head. I, I guess that makes sense. Um... Anyway, that's where that's where like the the Council of Women uh, resides. Mm-hmm. Um, the Council of Women is the the governing body um, that is sort of led by a matriarch, um, and they uh, order and her our protagonist. Name, oh yeah, and yeah, her yeah. name is Ambisextra, which is I quite a name. Missed that. Holy cow! Yeah, uh, the her English voice actor was Glenn Close. <laughs> and the the Amazing. french voice actress actor was uh one of the only people who i could find a whole bunch of stuff on she's a best-selling author and uh she's a chevalier of the legion d'honneur um which is kind kind of like being knighted uh her name's annie huh. duperry or duperoy Dupre- i don't know yeah D-U-P-E-R-E-Y. Cool. Yeah. So she's talking to uh, Blamenho, who is a uh, French voice actor, is Jean-Pierre Ducot, who I couldn't find anything not French that he was in. <laughs> uh, English voice actor is Earl Hammond, who is Mumra from Thundercats. <laughs> so marvelous yeah so they're looking over these birds yeah they're they're and they're like what the heck is going on here where's where's everybody going what's happening we feel like there's some weirdness yeah the mirror birds are these like one-eyed birds that they send out and apparently they can uh send messages back to them I thought, uh, by I some tell. i thought it was means. i thought like two birds were linked and that you could send one bird out and that's sort of what the birds are referencing um when they land in the beginning um oh is i that guess that have, makes sense like a connection with another bird back. but then how did they have a view screen that i don't know there's there's a couple things in this that are like kind of unclear as to as to what exactly is happening technologically um or... yeah because technologically they don't have machines right everything's organic every yeah. every single thing so like that that view screen is just some kind of monster they just like blow up one of the birds made. maybe uh yeah <laughs> just inflate that <laughs> they put a little pump in them uh-huh and then uh, the other bird that it's linked to can feel its pain, um, but yep. is not aware of why. Yeah, it just feels constant, horrendous pain. There's there's a, a messiness that comes from uh, everything being organic that I, I don't know if these creatures are truly considering the ramifications of. Yeah, it seems like someone read Dune and was like, oh, I like this whole Butlerian Jihad idea, <laughs> but instead of making it you know, you shall make no machine uh, that thinks as a man does. They were just like, how about no machines whatsoever? But let's make sure that they have a bunch of extremely convenient animals. That sort of <laughs> Yeah, just a bunch of like weird quasi-technological stuff that doesn't make any sense <laughs> given this. Yeah, so they're, they're like the audience. They are not necessarily aware of what is happening. Um, just aware that there's something something bad happening and that people are vanishing. Is that right? Yeah. So they got to send out their best agent, who is um is Sylvain. Sylvain. Just just such a, was... a great and storied name. Oh yeah, it's played in the French by uh, Pierre Marie Escarot, and in the English he is John Shea who was Trevor Lipton in Law and Order Criminal Intent. Neat. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 he had other credits, but that seemed like, you know, the one that you could just go turn on a TV right now and watch and him. Probably see him. That's probably. Um, he got his, He started his career on Broadway. Interesting. 
Oh yeah. And uh yeah, so Sylvain is like okay, sure. Let me let me feel some type of way about this for a second and then uh uh set off on my my grand expedition to figure out what is going on. Where mm-hmm. where where people are at. And yeah. the uh the council spokeswoman spokeswoman uh wants to send him off. Uh she's played by Sheila McCarthy, who is one of Canada's most honored actor. Uh she has so it's two Gemini Awards for film, two Gemini Awards for television, and two Doro Awards for theater, which means she's like Wow. Yeah, she's like she was two awards away from getting a Canadian double E got. That's kind of astonishing. Yeah. You say was. I thought she was still alive. Is she? No. Nope. She's still around. So Sheila McCarthy, get out there. Make get some albums. There. Get that double E got. Yeah. We all believe in you. <laughs> you just need the whatever a Canadian Grammy is. <laughs> um do, does Canada have Grammys? I thought I don't apparently they have film and television awards and yeah. theater awards that are entirely separate from ours the gemini awards and the genie awards and the actra toronto award uh, <laughs> for whatever <yeah>. that's worth <laughs> um uh i don't remember what happened in between in between this part and him actually going out on the mission was there anything else i know he just like chatted up the um some of the folks around the uh yeah, around nothing... the city nothing really significant yeah and um he goes off and uh basically immediately screws up and uh and ends up essentially stranded um within like five minutes of leaving the city Mm -hmm. the most the most talented agent of of all the agents in this in this god city yeah, he, yeah he, fi- he finds a bunch of statues, and then the metal men show up. Or wait. No, it wasn't quite that. Because he meets the... He meets the deformed first, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they Which basically... Which is like the coolest shit. Or, or does he get zapped once? I think he may I think he may have like seen some of the statues and gotten zapped once, and it didn't quite freeze him for some reason. And then they uh-huh. the deformed find him. I don't remember exactly. I didn't think that he got zapped no, yet because he does get later. zapped later. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he he leaves. Oh yeah, he takes like a big flying kite bug looking thing, and then just crashes it in the fucking desert. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He crashes it. That's the why we forgot. Yeah. Because he... it's just him being like wildly incompetent. <laughs> I remembered he got his shit rocked, but I couldn't remember by what. And it's because yeah. it was by nothing. <laughs> he just he just totally screws up. And this is when the deformed come in and basically are like, "Is he dead? Not yet. Okay." Yeah. And they, they begrudgingly like drag him. And the deformed are super interesting. Uh, They're so fucking cool looking. I love them. They're some of the coolest characters and in, in like anything that I've seen. So they're all different. They have these um generally upright bodies but not always um they're essentially like if you took people made them out of clay and then arbitrarily and randomly cut apart and restuck them together in various forms and shapes and yep um some of them have like multiple heads and like uh all speak and have different personalities from each of the heads some of them have faces that are just on their chests and it's so cool. I love them. Yeah. And it's just it's just so many randomized limbs and mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's love one it. of them that's my favorite that's just like an entire lower half of a torso coming out of the um the front of uh of his chest. Oh I yeah. I personally I really like the uh the one that's two heads and he's just walking around on his hands. That guy's great. Yeah, he's like an so upper good. And a lower head so good uh yeah so they take him into their like underground the hole where they live uh and introduce him to their leader who's hanging out in like 
the middle of a giant glowing blue pool for they never really explain that (laughs) but (laughs) no not in the least there's no there's no explanation of a of a a lot of this stuff too just Um, like i'm here for ambiance unclear but you know i guess if you have um blue related powers then maybe uh maybe you just want to be around other blue things yeah well and they started off with the thing having blue eyes which again leads me to believe that this person read dune and then wrote this immediately (laughs) um (laughs) so they meet with the their leader who in english is played by pen gillette and uh the the thing with the leader is he's one of those ones where he has the primary head and then all the secondary heads. Mm-hmm. So it's like several. Yeah. Did um, you say Pendulette? Yeah. Wow. The magician. Wow. He does a great mm-hmm. job. I mean, you watched it in French, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So it wasn't Pendulette. That but... makes sense. I forgot. I forgot immediately that. I uh, I did not actually see Pendulette yeah. perform. Damn he it. did a fu- he did fine. <laughs> That's really really funny. Oh, and, and uh, do each of the heads have their own individual vocal performers? The only other one that I could find that was credited was Earl Hyman, who nice. was uh, Panthro in Thundercats. <laughs> nice. Uh, who was credited as one of the other uh, deformed? Got it. Okay. And these um these folks uh, uh give a bit of their backstory. They 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 clarify their existence and essentially are make it clear that uh they were uh genetic experiments from here. the people at Jasper yeah. who were like ew icky and then threw them into the fucking desert Which... and then they found all these holes in in the mountain and we're like well we can just kind of live here it's interesting and sad but it's also extremely strange given the like this is the the first time that the like the the dissonance of um the the like extreme desire and like um the the celebration of the different that is occurring via the 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 creator of this and some of the stuff within the the movie like there's a, a bit of a dissonance there for me as far as like it actually making sense. So like these guys are not that much weirder than like any of the other random shit on the planet. Like, yeah. Plus apparently they used to be able to see the future. Like how could you encounter those <laughs> beings and be like, ugh, nasty. Goodbye. I'm not Ew, get gross. You got too many eyeballs. Get anyway, the fuck out of here. Breastfeed this anteater. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Not what? to mention, like, how how is it that their moral code, like, their morals aren't such that they're that they can kill these things, but they are such that they can just leave them out in the fucking desert to die. Right, and it's by like complete accident that I think they're kind of immortal. Unclear. They do. As oh, we do find you mean later, at the end? Last a thousand years. I thought that they went through the door to get um, there. Huh. I didn't think so. Unclear. I, yeah, I didn't. I, I know they didn't explain it. Yeah, because at the, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but... we'll get to it. Anyway, so uh, fucking Pendulette gives, uh, gives Sylvain one of the one of the deformed to lead him out to where the metal men are it's two hand two heads walking on hands guy right uh no it's guy where like half of him looks all burnt up oh that's right yeah so they walk through a really cool looking jungle uh dude explains to him midway through how like the whole time they are instead of saying instead of saying we are uh, they'll say we were, will be, which is also uh, extremely cool. 
it is very cool and that is one of the bad parts of the dub is that they like fucked that up constantly (laughs) (laughs) we just uh, i uh we uh yeah there were a couple of things like that that i couldn't tell if they were um subtitle errors or or what because i i don't speak french to to confirm the the language but then when it happened like 10 times you're like oh wait hang on that was intentional this whole time yeah um in the english dub they just like refer to things in the present tense Lame. like the thing that they are directly telling you that they don't do because they don't like the present which is and, uh yeah there's, there's a lot of like time and perspective based stuff in this and that's a i thought that was a really good like introduction to the perception of time as like a we are we are so dissatisfied with a with the present that we are just not considering it as as our reality well and they also you know there's the prior prescience thing so they have their like their saying which is uh a thousand years from now or a thousand years ago gandahar will be saved a thousand years from now it was saved something along those lines yeah uh which is just really cool and works with the end of the movie. So good. Like, it's it's kind of weird to me how this movie seems to have plot holes, but not necessarily related to the time travel. <laughs> right? Because there's plenty of time travel in this. There's like plenty yeah. of opportunities for them to mess that up. But yeah, all the plot holes are just like... Uh, sort of or just like yeah just like human things yeah yeah it it's 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 such a weird movie um Mm -hmm. so then they find a uh a village that's all been turned to stone they uh watch the metal men come in metal men pick up some of the stone people toss them into eggs and this is the part where sylvain gets zapped so um yeah he gets zapped and thrown into uh egg it, they look like eggs yeah just just it, in large yeah they have a, tanks they have a big truck that carries around their eggs <laughs> um when does uh when does what's her name ariel get introduced ariel gets introduced inside of the egg apparently <laughs> it's not it's not one person per egg. They well, don't have part, Yeah, they don't have uh, you know, necessarily rules about that. So they put him in in the egg with Ariel uh who is played Oh, this was one of the French actors that I could find who had a notable role. Uh Catherine Chevalier who was Stamoxis in Barbarella. Yeah. And then the English one was uh, Jennifer Grey, who was Jeannie Bueller in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and Baby in Dirty Dancing. Oh. Yeah. From the from the line, you can't put her in a corner. Don't put Baby in a corner. Which is good, because this egg doesn't have any corners in it. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. <laughs> Up until he pulls out one of the seeds from his gun he did shoot something earlier uh i want to i want to know is that gun an animal it's gotta be it's gotta be like there's or it could be a plant no machines yeah but like it could be a plant it's extremely in the shape of a normal gun with a a full magazine clip that contains seeds (laughs) Like so, what a ridiculous yeah. design! So much of this stuff is like, you know, he pulls out the magazine, the aka seed pod, out of the gun, Why aka is it have plant. Why is it like a normal box? Because that's how it reproduces: is by sh- firing the seeds out of the seed pod magazine. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Anyway, he drops that on the floor, and it somehow, I guess, finds organic material to uh build itself out 
and like grows the into and they and they they do this later too um it seems like uh-huh. this is a uh an entity that they use for lots of purposes um it grows into these big thorns and breaks through the the surface of the egg yep uh meanwhile the metal men are getting attacked by a big dinosaur thing it's huge it, it's Unclear real big exactly what it is but it is definitely gigantic and kind of a uh kind of dinosaur in shape but kind of fuzzy yeah. too and it, it just fucking it absolutely dunks on these metal men i love that all the large animals throughout this can totally frick up these metal men yeah just absolutely shithouse an entire <laughs> battalion of these things uh, it makes me think like this was not planned that well i yeah. also appreciate that they like can take multiple shots which sort of implies that you're like uh pumping enough of this laser juice to meet the volume of this thing to then fully convert it into stone yeah i guess i mean Sylvain turns back from stone pretty quickly, but yeah. that might be because he was inside the egg. Um, I don't think so, because then later they they arrive. There's a point later when the metalmen arrive at a thing, and they're like unpacking the eggs with the still bestoned folks. Yeah, kind of unclear know. as to why why Sylvain is special here and why he's able to and how these stone beams work. No idea. Anyway, this dinosaur thinks that they're uh, its babies. Because they hatched because, out of the egg. Because <laughs> they hatched out of an egg. And of course, this dinosaur is like, oh, an egg. Uh, I probably laid this some other time. Pop you in the nest. Okay, have fun there. Have fun, babes. Catch you later. Uh, yep, so then they bone down. Implied. Implied. Strongly what did they change implied. about the... Um... Uh, about the uh, the English version, they cut right before he takes off his shirt. Oh, that's kind of lame. Yeah, that's, a, that's like not even that didn't even change that much of the implication at all. It, it's kind of lame and kind of pointless. Yeah, Weinstein just hates seeing men's nipples. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> this is absolutely a wash in women's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> uh, male presenting nipples Excuse yeah me. what was that from is that instagram yeah i think it's an instagram that... thing where they... yeah i forget if it was insta or twitch yeah where they banned <laughs> female presenting, presenting nipples. nipples it's the dumbest <laughs> shit jesus so anyway they watch the uh they watch the metal men like they get out of the thing keep walking arbitrarily wind up finding the metal men again yeah well they find uh, they find some they do it, first they find like the um the shells of it and it's notable that the uh the metal men are straight up just shells like there's nothing inside of the. oh yeah yeah there's a little marble yeah which is cool as hell which is up in the up in the brain area yeah just gold brain marble love that for them and yeah. then yeah <laughs> That's when they continue on, and then they they spot some metal men doing metal men things. And let's give a physical description of the metal men. They're like, um, if you took up maybe like um, who's the who's the giant robot that sometimes fights in? Um, wow, I realized how nondescript this is going to be. The giant robot that fights in some Japanese movies. No. Uh, to me, they look like those um, those drawing figurines. Oh, that's pretty accurate. Like that, but like you just spray painted them with a uh, Vanta black <laughs> and put a big red orb in their chest. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. And they walk around and they do some amount of definitely reference to a Nazi salute in there. And their zapping behavior, because they just mm-hmm. shoot these out of their hands, um, and then they they just grab a whole bunch of people, pack them into eggs. Eggs go in the door. Out come metal men. Pop, pop, pop. You can see. Yep. Uh, see, cl- this is the point at which the the characters clearly see what is what is happening here. Yeah, and especially because there's like a big Nazi speech 
from one of the metal men, which, yeah, yeah, that's another part that just didn't make any sense. Right. Like it felt like this was something that was attempting to be referenced at because it's powerful imagery and it's like, it's like villain shortcut. <clears throat> but then as we continue on, like nothing else really ties back to this methodology. I, I don't know that the metal men even talk outside of that one scene. Right. Because they are, as we find out later, tools of another entity. They are essentially right. just like extensions. So it doesn't make like any they, sense they why they would need to talk. They have absolutely no need to talk. Have a pep talk with each other. They share a consciousness. <laughs> and it is not like, it would be like standing in front of a series of Roombas that you have all the remotes for and giving them a pep talk before pushing the button. <laughs> all right. All right, team. You know what? We've been really slacking off lately, but today, today we clean the house. Today. <laughs> exactly. Now go forth, my army of Roombas. Click, and then they all just do the thing. Yep. So then all the metal men get on a boat, you know, because they need to go see what looks like a giant butt. It <laughs> looks like a combination between a butt and a brain. <laughs> when they when they first went to it, I thought it looked exactly like that peach emoji. <laughs> like <laughs> the upside down peach emoji. Yeah uh-huh 100% and this thing is just chilling here like it's super unclear as to why the um like they have surveillance technology it is in the form of birds but how did they not see at some point this gigantic butt brain well they know it's out there because they made it oh they made this yeah Later on, yeah, later on, they explain the whole thing where they they get the records where it was like, oh, well, we made the brain. Uh, It keeps getting bigger. Uh, Hey, uh, so brain got bigger again. All right. We got to move it out of the lab. Well, we just kind of set that giant brain adrift in the ocean and uh, we're just going to, you know, let it do what it do. Oh, my God. Farewell, brain forever. What is that a metaphor for? It it seems like this civilization is very, like, either they're meant to be thinking things out very poorly, <laughs> or or they're just poorly thought out, because their kind solution to a whole bunch lies. of stuff is like, ah, just put it on the beach and it'll handle itself. But you I mean, you could make the argument that this is a metaphor for us as as creatures, because this is very much exactly what we do. Yeah, where we're just like, so metamorphosis is like the garbage barge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where it's just like, well, we're not sure what to do about this, so. And it's uh, already it's, out here, so. It's the whale's problem now. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, they uh, they they sort of observe this thing that is happening. Um, uh, this big brain. At some point, they and they get the one up the one metal the... man is like, "I want to go in the brain. Suck me up, brain." And the brain's and like, it, "Okay, yeah." It sends down these like, not Venus flytrap, like pitcher plant looking. Well, they things. So this this goes back to my thing at the beginning. They look and act exactly like those little sluggy guys that are eating plants in the beginning. Oh yeah. And so that's what made me thought think that this is like um one of the things that they maybe were running genetic experiments on because everything ha- has to have an origin point here. And, yeah. Uh, I I think that maybe that those are incorporated. Hmm. But anyway, so they get, they get zorped up into, uh, uh, into the, the brain. Um, how do, yep. uh, how do the other two get, get sucked in there? I don't remember this. Uh, they, they just kind of go along. <laughs> <laughs> So then they're in like, the brain. Yeah, the uh, the metal man stands there with his arms up, and the thing sucks a, sucks him up. They just kind of get pulled into, like they're <laughs> running away, and the thing's like, nah, I want to hang out with you. 
uh, and we we find out that it is specifically targeted a little bit later. Like, um, so there there may have been some like uh, future telling nonsense that's happening here. Kind of unclear. Yeah. Because uh, so they start talking the with the brain through their brains, and the brain is like, "Hey, dude." I need you to kill me in a thousand years when I become a jerk. Yeah, that's yeah, that's about the uh, the long and the short of it. Uh, yeah. The brain is played in the English by Christopher Plummer, who is a Canadian actor who is one Grammy away from an actual EGOT. Dang. Uh, oh, but he is uh, he died. Well, last year. No EGOT. No EGOT for yeah. you, champ. Oh. Whoa, not not last year, like a few months ago. Oh wow. Feb- February fifth. Dang, dude. Rip. Rip. Uh so anyway, he's like in a thousand years I'm gonna be an asshole and you should uh you should murder me. Um and, and the dude's like, uh what? Very reasonably. Um, yeah. At some point, I think it's a little bit before this we find out, or or maybe during this, we find out that um, the metal men are sort of time travelers. Like they, they're were from the future made and then sent back. Yeah. From the future. Unclear how they got the time portal, how, how they, how they got the ability to go back in time. The big brain figured out time travel after a thousand years, I guess. Right. But they built a physical thing in the past. Right, because they they built a door to go back. And I guess forth they would time. have to. So how do they get the door in the past in order to travel back to it? Yeah, I guess that's. Yeah, that's not really. We found one time travel error. Honestly, that's pretty good. I don't. Yeah, like <laughs> that's not something that I feel needs to be explained. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we that's that's like in the realm where it's like i'm fine with hand waving that yeah totally can live with this so ariel and sylvain go back to jasper uh everyone's got weird bug armor on uh including we didn't mention like ambisextra's design i i really like how she just has wings on her head for some reason right (laughs) and it no it's one else has one. them. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell if it's like a crown uh, or if it's literally I thought just they part were growing out of her head. Her head. Yeah. Uh, so, for her. so they're at full on war with the metal men at this point, And they're like sending weird little bug animals to to kill the metal men. And they're dropping bombs that are like big seeds that grow into lamprey shit to fucking to eat the metal men and this is like one of the better parts of the movie i think just because it is all of this weird inventive stuff yeah this is this is one of the few parts where uh we go back to absolutely running wild with the premise yeah and love that uh but the metal men cannot be stopped so (laughs) And aren't because, um, well, yeah, Sylvain is like petrified. He gets he gets like chrono frozen, and uh, yeah, he goes back to he gets a a needle full of poison, and then goes back to Metamorphus, and Metamorphus puts him in a little pod and just stasis freezes him for a thousand years at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> And it's very funny because the metamorphosis is like, you are not ready to kill me. It's yeah. not that he isn't ready to die. He says, you're you're not ready it's to like, kill me. dude, and you his, suck. His only answer to that is to put him in stasis at the bottom of the ocean. It's not like he achieves anything during this time period. He doesn't like, there's no training montage in between these two things. No, just, it, it's just like, you know, go down here. Eventually I'll be old and it'll be easy to kill me. Yeah. Uh, um, we, can, we can shortcut a little bit because I imagine this is getting pretty long in the tooth for our listeners. But oh yeah, uh, essentially, um, so 
Metal Men take over the whole planet. The deformed are like putting on their putting on old Metal Men parts as armor. The head of uh, Jasper, the giant mountain city, gets picked up by a bunch of birds. After yeah, a bunch which of was super cool. Wild crabs come in, kill a bunch of Metal Men, and then start breaking the tethers of the city. Very cool. Uh, so then Sylvain wakes up. Uh, some of the deformed find now all right if i remember correctly what happened with the deformed was they got turned into statues put in eggs brought to the future and then they determined that they Ah. were too ugly and they couldn't use (laughs) they were too (laughs) ugly to be used for biological mass which is also ridiculous like it's, it's, it is just consuming the cells like it's it's doing nothing with yeah anything other than like literally the cells of this of the organisms that it's consuming. yeah and at this point like the entire world is just statuified and there's like a robot city which is all like it it's very orderly and it works as a very good juxtaposition to the Gandahar a thousand years in the past. Yeah. It's very cool. And it's like desert and like it reminds me of um oh what are the what are the names of them from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the poet reading uh oh, creatures the where it's Tralfa- essentially Tralfamagorians. Yeah. Where it's essentially like these giant metal obelisks that are evenly spaced apart. Um, yeah. Completely uh, like structural, nothing nothing organic on the entire planet that isn't currently being consumed by metamorphosis, which is the brain. But Yeah, so we get to the actual plot, which is that metamorphosis uh, needs biological mass to continue to live so in the future what he's doing is sending the metal men to the past to abduct the gandaharians to bring them to the future so that he can eat them yeah i guess like just yeah gaining mass so then sylvain goes over to him and is like hey that's a dick move (laughs) I, he, you told me to kill you now, so I'm going to do that. And the brain is and like, then, no, you didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd be crazy now. i kill you. Which, this was another thing where it's just like, Sylvain has this needle. It has all the poison in it. It doesn't, it seems like he just stabs the brain at an arbitrary point yeah and it just instantly kills it it just like starts disintegrating and blowing up which is a very cool so there's this but there's this fight scene before it where it's it's just him like trying to climb his way up it while the while the brains tried to stop it but it seems like he arbitrarily can put it at any point in the brain so So why are you trying to yeah (laughs) why bother and it relies on the um, the deformed using their brain powers to uh, to destroy one of the in- basically like the intake ports that it takes cellular matter through. Yep. And once one of those gets shut off, its body immediately starts dying as well. It's yeah. so that kills the big brain. Ever everyone's happy. We go back through the door to the past, and the. The giant head flies back to the city. <laughs> it's like, wow, that sucked. Uh, back now. Um, yeah, everything starts vanishing. All the metal men start sinking into the sand in a very cool sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the deformed get to be part of the uh, civilization that tried to murder them <laughs> again. And we all learned a lesson about meddling with nature, I guess. Yeah. The messaging here is a little unclear. It's like um it's a there's, little it's a, there's, there's so something about conformity, there's something about messing with nature. There's yeah. Yeah. And then the yeah, it's just that the big the big brain thing is is extremely cool as a concept, but it it's I feel like the 
the story gets a little bit ahead of itself. Um, I'm not blaming the the movie at all for this because it feels like a very reasonable attempt at adaptation for something that is very strange, and it feels like it, it was sort of picked in order to provide a, a a vast canvas to to express on. And so, for nothing else, uh, I really like how much it provides the the ability to do so. Yeah, it, it's a really cool world. Um, unlike Cool World. Uh, Man, that movie sucks. <laughs> anyway, anyway this is my promise yeah, to our it, viewers that we'll never watch Cool World for this. No, it has live action, and it's weirdly mm. horny. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, it, it's really cool world building, but the plot just kind of collapses in on itself. Because the other thing is, like, yeah, all right, so then he they go a thousand years back to the present where the fucking brain monster still is alive and right. just like chilling and we've already determined that they can't kill the brain monster <laughs> until the point at which it's making a metal army to go into the past and murder all of them so they gotta so, just let it chill yeah i don't I don't know what happens after this movie. <laughs> like the deformed are living resolved. with the Gandaharians, but it creates an yeah. internal paradox and and I thought maybe the internal paradox is why the um the gate in the past like just straight up started disappearing. Just like turned off. Yeah. Not just turned off. It after it turned off, it vanished. Like it, oh, it yeah, yeah, yeah. disappeared from the landscape. Um, so I'm curious if that's like a paradox resolution matter that is happening. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. It, it's kind of a wash in paradoxes, really. <laughs> that's that's okay. I, I enjoyed the movie. I loved it. I, had I very much time. liked looking at all the stuff. All of it's available on YouTube. Give it yep. a shot. Whole watch shebang. the um watch the the french original with the subtitles if you can yeah and that said the dub like if if you're one of those people who goes for dubs just so that you can you know watch it or whatever whatever reason you have that you decide to watch dubs it's not bad uh no. and i didn't i didn't hate the like prog rock tracks it's just different and, you know, and changes the authorial intent. Right. For no reason. Yeah. Maybe it was, maybe they like really messed up with the recording track and couldn't like unsplice the music or something. And so they're like, ah, it's too much work. Maybe it was a licensing thing. Yeah, that's, that's possible. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, you got a, you got a rating for this thing? Um, 10 little little pink wiggly guys with three eyes and little fuzzball legs out of 10. God damn it. I was going to use this <laughs> too. They're so cute. I really yeah, love that. I fucking love Did them. you have a favorite creature? Cause that was mine. Uh, I, I really liked them and I really liked the things that just looked like they were slugs with a rug thrown over them. God, this is so good. Also the, the giant metal crab things are awesome. And the big kite that he rides kite thing that he rides the, on the, the lampreys that eat them yeah god they're so good we really actually i think made a mistake summarizing the plot instead of just as talking opposed about all to the just being cool like yo there's all this cool shit yeah that's <laughs> honestly that's what the movie monsters. was about and i and i think we may may have made a mistake not doing exactly the same thing yeah i'll give it a uh, 10 um dead gandaharians being thrown down a tube in the future oh god i forgot about that yeah <laughs> yeah the where they their cellular the, just drain a fucking husks. mass tr- grave yeah yeah that felt like another like i don't know holocaust reference that just was very confusing in its execution anyway it, it's confused and unnecessary yeah astonishing well, thank you for joining us. I hope you I hope you give it a shot. 
and uh and i and i hope you're ready for age request i'm so excited Having defeated the mighty gigantic brain, you see behind you a small child who's like, Hey, I just showed up. I, I fucking rode in here on a on a star. And, uh, you know, we're just going to, like, hang out for a while. Silly boy. You couldn't possibly have done any of those things. Nah, Let's I'm hang from out space. anyway. <laughs> so next week... We are doing The Adventures of the Little Prince. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Big thanks to the composer of our theme, Miles Morkery, and to Bernadette Meeker, the artist for our thumbnail. We're OnTwosPod on Twitter.com. Our website is OnTwos.club. You're the best. Good night. Good night.